0: Prepare to be astonished! It's that time again. Let's get started. From the Clatsop County Historical Society, an adventure in history with Mac Burns and Alana Quila.
1: You should never be allowed to talk to people. Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking.
2: And now, with today's adventure, it's Mac and Alana. Good evening, and welcome back to an adventure in history. We're still going in October, and we have an exciting event to plug.
0: Well, well, the return of Talking Tombstones.
2: It's back, and it's better than ever.
0: It is. Talking Tombstones 17, Ashes to Ashes. Yes. Because I always have little subtitles.
2: Ashes to Ashes. Yeah. You're proud of that one, aren't you?
0: Uh, Well, because everything's going to relate to the 1922 fire. All of our characters have some connection, some story to tell about the 1922 fire. Okay. It won't be the focus. You're not going to hear the same story over and over and over again. Right. But perhaps different perspectives.
2: Beautiful setting. Ocean View Cemetery. Ocean View Cemetery. In, uh, in Warrenton.
0: It, Which always amu- kind of amuses me that the Astoria Cemetery <laughs> is in Warrenton. <laughs> it amuses
2: people in Warrenton too. Does it? It does.
0: It doesn't anger them?
2: I don't think so. Okay. I mean, because they don't pay for it. <laughs> That's <laughs> right? true. I mean, it's a. But it's, isn't, isn't it a park?
0: But it is prime it's real a, estate.
2: It is. That's true. But they and it
0: is a beautiful park-like setting.
2: Do very much with it, right? And, and mm-hmm. I,
0: that's true. And I should say that it's sponsored by Vancouver Granite Works. Yes. We're very pleased by that. That yep. way we didn't have to repaint the signs or anything.
2: Right. And that's uh, continued. It that right? has. Because originally
0: Astoria Granite Works, Russ mm-hmm. War, bless him, what uh, a yes. wonderful man. Mm-hmm. I miss mm-hmm. him. But uh, he we talked him into sponsoring the very first one. Yep. Low these 19 years ago. Right? Yeah. (laughs) I mean. And he just thought he was giving us money and, you know, kissing (laughs) it away. But then he came and saw how much people enjoyed the program. Yep. And then he started getting thank you notes and people calling him. Oh. And he he contacted me and he said, you got me for life. That's great. And we had him up until they sold the business when Mm -hmm. he retired. And Vancouver Granite Works bought Astoria Granite Works, Mm -hmm. changed the name to Vancouver Granite Works, and then they've sponsored it now. Yep.
2: Local so, presence still and everything, yeah, yeah. yeah. So continued. I so like for that.
0: all your for all your tombstone needs, contact yeah. Vancouver Granite Works. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and tell them you heard about it at Talkin Tombstones.
2: Uh, yes. Talking Tombstones. Yes, at Talking Tombstones.
0: So it'll be um, next Sunday, October
2: thirtieth,
0: yeah. at uh, one o'clock at uh, Ocean View Cemetery.
2: But this Sunday, right now, we have a special guest with us. We do. Josh Davis, whose title is so long, we laughed. <laughs> Because I was like, "Yep, nope, not gonna remember it all."
0: Yeah, so
1: let's, let's. We, we'll, we got to get through some other things first, but go ahead and tell us your your title. Because the I full like one, the full title, the full thing. Okay, so good evening. <laughs> my uh, my full title is uh, Josh Davis, Clatsop County Veteran Service Officer, uh, United States Army Veteran, and Veteran Peer Support Specialist for Clatsop County.
2: There's so much there.
1: Do
0: you have to hand to people two business
1: cards <laughs> to get that all on the same? Uh, I had to make the the font small.
0: <laughs> the, the font small. I had to make the oh, font small. <laughs> I like good. that. We're I gonna like get some lot. stories out of him. And you know, there's no ambiguity there. No, because that's it, true. it's very clear. You know, a lot of times, like my business card director, they're like, "What does that mean?" I know. But yeah. but we know.
2: They're the like, "Who's really clear. in charge, Mac?" And then you hand him my card. That's true. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> or Renee's phone number. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or my curator, or my I mean, yes, the list exactly. goes right down the list.
2: Surrounded by a lot of okay. strong women.
0: That's right. <laughs> I surround myself with good people. Yes. So, all right, shall we get right to it? Because I've got a lot Let's of questions, and I, I yeah. think we're going to have a lot of fun tonight. Yeah, so these are the uh, history highlights, things that happen tomorrow, October 24th, 1861. Western Union completes the first transcontinental telegraph line.
2: Yes, but and, what does that do? <laughs> It makes Max sad. So
0: you've been, you've been I, around me too much. You know. knew you knew what was coming. It puts the Pony Express out of business. Yep. After only eighteen months,
2: <laughs> they it's found sad. a faster, more efficient way. They
0: did. Instead of putting guys on horses <laughs> and taking ten days, I'm you could just go that. tick 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 and send a message across the, the country. Yes. So Pony Express. Sorry. That's very sad, yes, uh nineteen o one the first barrel ride down Niagara Falls.
2: oh, I saw that one and
0: I love that it's a sixty three year old school teacher, yep uh, named Annie Edson Taylor yes so um, do yeah. you want to add to that
2: uh, well, no, she just was kind of quirky, so she is. She, she didn't she died fairly young she was forty three she said, and they kept saying that over and over in her biography that mm-hmm. that's what she said she was yes. so. Um, she may have been younger or older, um, but didn't live much beyond that um, and also didn't make enough money. She she did it so that she could buy land, mm-hmm. which she did, but then she lost all of her money, all mm-hmm. of it. So kind of sad, but Very she sad. made it over the falls and probably I was, I was had lots of ask, injuries.
1: Did, I mean, was this before or after going over the waterfall?
2: Right, I know. Well, yes. I don't think it was great for her overall health.
0: Although I'm probably sad to not. say... I, I've been there. Niagara Falls, not as impressive as Horseshoe Falls, which is owned by Canada. Okay. Niagara Falls, to me, almost just looks like some really steep rapids.
2: Oh. <laughs>
0: versus Horseshoe Falls, it looks like water's coming straight down.
2: Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay.
0: I was a little, I was a little disappointed.
2: Got to go to both.
0: I mean, I like the visit overall, because yeah. they're right there next to each other, but I kind of felt like, darn, Canada has the better one. That shouldn't be. <laughs> Okay, um, 1908, Bill Murray, Billy Murray, I should say, not like Bill Murray, the <laughs> Ghostbusters. Wow, he looks great for his age. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> he, he does. <laughs> Billy Murray hits the charts with Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Oh,
2: 1908.
0: Fun. All right, but I don't care about baseball anymore because the New York Mets lost. Okay. So we're not going to talk about baseball. Uh, 1926, Harry Houdini's last performance oh. at the Garrick Theater in Detroit, Michigan. Okay. Harry Houdini.
2: Did he disappear?
0: Um, no, yeah. they they punched somebody punched him in the gut and. It's
2: oh. right. It's right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awful. He wasn't ready. Yeah. Uh, 1929
0: Black Thursday, start of the stock yeah. market crash. The Dow Jones is down 12.8 hmm. percent. It was awful. That was almost going to be my history highlight of the day.
2: I was assuming it would be, no, but it's not.
0: Throwing you for a loop here. Uh, it was close. 1939, nylon stockings go on sale for the first time.
2: Ugh, awful. Invented <laughs> by a man. Was it? It has to be. It has to be. <laughs> it has to be.
0: <laughs> but uh, the the place where they went on sale surprised me. Wilmington, Delaware. Oh
2: yeah.
0: I don't know why Wilmington. Yeah. It's Such a fashion capital in right? the United States. Right? <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> Paris, London, Wilmington, Delaware. The innovations of Delaware. <laughs> <laughs> that actually might be it because like Dow Chemical or whatever aren't they like headquarters there? Oh,
2: no, see again.
0: Yeah, a bunch of there's a bunch of chemical companies. Yeah, that could be. That could be the reason. Um, You're here for a good reason. Uh, 1951, President Truman declares war with Germany is officially over. 1951. Yeah. And the public was like, didn't that end (laughs) six years ago? 1945? (laughs) (laughs) But apparently we never officially
2: ended it. Officially.
0: Yeah. But our history highlight of the day, I think think had the most impact on history. 1945, United Nations becomes official.
2: Oh, good for you. That was the start
0: date. Yeah. Pretty big deal. It is a, I, like, I like the United Nations.
2: Yes. I don't
0: think it does enough sometimes, but I of think course. the idea behind it is wonderful. Yes. So that's my history highlight of the day. What did that's I missed.
2: good. You did miss a couple. Uh-oh. Um 1938, the Fair Labor Standards Act becomes law establishing the 40-hour work week. Oh, I like that. Which I would say the three of us probably right here don't know what that means. Uh, yeah, I don't know what but that. But that's means. okay. I mean it benefits a lot of people. Um 1916, Henry Ford awards equal pay to women. And so this was pretty substantial because 1916, for yeah. one thing, um, and it was across the board. So job for mm. job, um, folks were getting paid, and this also, um, if I, I did some looking or research, um, and it applied also to uh, Black uh, Americans as well, or Black adults that were working. So see,
0: it, it, if you if you knock out like later how it becomes like a Nazi sympathizer, <laughs> <laughs> which I know you can't, but it's not just the assembly line,
2: right? economic, I mean, the, that had a huge economic impact on where we went. But he
0: wanted, that. he wanted, I mean, the, the line, I don't want a parking lot for my employees filled with bicycles. I want them filled with my cars. Right. And that recognition that I should pay people better and that I should recognize that it doesn't matter what color the person is that's doing this or what right. sex they are. If they're doing the job, they should be paid. Correct. And that's... Especially that time period. That's very forward thinking.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It is because as of last year, women in America still earn eighty cents to a dollar per their peer counterparts that are male. See. Eighty cents, but oh. that was an improvement from seventy-seven cents. So we've no gone sad. up.
1: I thought it was in the seventies. I know. So
2: it, it did go up. I mean, three Prog- whole cents. Progress. I think we
1: can. I think we can aim higher. Yep.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, on that note.
1: That's a terrible transition. <laughs>
2: There's no, no, we there's can no aim higher. That's why we <gasps> brought Josh here. Oh, that
1: is that was that was the logo of the Air Force for a long time. Aim high, aim high.
2: Okay, and is is so that the branch of military you served in? No,
1: no, okay. I was I served
2: in the United States
1: Army and the uh, Oregon Army National Guard. Okay,
2: okay. and what years oh. did you serve?
1: From uh, March of 1997
2: to June 2005. Okay,
0: wow, long time. So take yeah. us
2: back before that.
0: Yeah. So where, where, what's your, your what's your story? Where'd you where'd you grow
1: up, and why did you join the the military? Yes so i grew up in st helens oregon so just just down the road a little bit from here mm-hmm. um and uh you know coincidentally enough uh, the house that i grew up in was directly behind the army national guard armory oh. so i you know as a kid always watching them get ready to go out on maneuvers for the weekend or go out on their annual trainings and was always very enamored with it and i came from a military family as well and so i felt it uh really necessary to contribute to my community my you know my folks raised all of us boys in a way to always always give back. Don't just don't just consume. Consume, mm-hmm. consume, consume. You know, always always figure out a way to be involved in our community. You know, I was in Boy Scouts when I was a little kid, now in the Scoutmaster for my son's Boy Scout troop and scapus. Um, you know, I, I grew up behind the armory and so I've always had the military kind of right in front of me and it was just a really wise choice for me to do as, you know, as a young person, St. Helens was a small town, wasn't a whole lot to do. And so, um, joining the military and getting that pathway to higher education, um, was really important and my folks supported it and I joined.
0: Okay. And what what's what's the family history in, in the military?
1: Uh, my dad served in the Marine Corps. Uh, his dad was in the Army. Uh, my grandfather, on my mom's side, um, fought in Korean War and World War II. Uh, he was in the Army and was called back to active duty many times. Hmm. Jeez, I've got cousins who are in the <laughs> Air Force currently in ger- stationed over in Germany. Uh, uncles that were in the Navy. So, so was there a push for one branch over another? Uh, there really wasn't. Um, and you know, being a young man, if I could go back and do it over again, I would have still joined the military, but I probably would have chosen a different job. Hmm. Um, you know, I went into the recruiter's office and he says, you know, what are you going to do, son? I said, Oh, I want to blow stuff up. Oh, I want to blow stuff up. And he's like, well, we got a job for you. How about the infantry? And so <laughs> there I was, uh, joined the infantry, um, which I, I would not have traded my military experience for the world. I met some of the most amazing people, the funniest people, the most kindest, sincerest people on the planet. Mm-hmm. And I forged friendships that last to this day. Last night, I had dinner with my battle buddy that I went to Iraq with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, you know, those, those friendships and those connections that you make uh, in the service last forever. Mm-hmm. And it's so important. And you mentioned education. So yeah. did it pay for an education? And what, what did you go to school for? It did. So I had a really interesting journey through school. So I didn't really start my higher education or my schooling until I'd been out of the military for a while. Um, I got off active duty and started a family. And I was working. Uh, I worked in the security field. I was a federal police officer for a little while up in Seattle for about two three years. And it just didn't really suit my fancy just wasn't, wasn't, I didn't feel like that was really my pathway. Um, so I ended up being a professional bouncer for about five years. Um, I owned my own security company called nightlife security solutions. And I, uh, taught people how to be bouncers, but not how to bash people's faces in, but just how to deescalate and how to use verbal judo and how to understand that you know when you are when you are working with somebody who is intoxicated yeah um you have to kind of tread lightly and it's not maybe the option to snatch them up and rough them up is not the best option Mm -hmm. you know it doesn't make the bar any money so Mm -hmm. let's figure out ways to get them out peacefully make sure that it's not a bloodbath, and then they Mm -hmm. come back the next time and the bar continues to make money and so (laughs) It was, uh, it, was, it was an interesting um, philosophy at first, but it worked really well. And I enjoyed it for a while, but mm-hmm. I had also started a family. And just, you know, always being gone on the weekends and gone at night. And if there, was, if there was a tussle or something like that, having to explain to my toddlers, like, why has dad got a black eye this morning? And, mm-hmm. well, well, dad was bouncing last night and kind of, you know, things got a little bit rough. So, you know, I decided that I I really wanted to focus my efforts more on helping people. Um, and I was having a conversation with one of my Army mentors. And, uh, you know, he even told me, he's like, man, that stuff is not for you anymore. He's like, go back to school. Go help veterans. And, I, you know, I had al- I'd already been kind of doing that on my own a little bit. You know, anytime I had jobs that would come up, I would try to hire veterans. Anytime I heard about a new benefit, I would try to tell my veteran friends about it. And so... Uh, I started going back to school and, and, I, and I was still kind of wandering a little bit as to what I wanted to really do. Um, I went to Lower Columbia College in Longview first to get my transfer degree. And when I started there, probably about the first quarter or so, I noticed that there were some issues. There were some problems with either my, my VA benefits not kicking in when they were supposed to or I was getting dropped from classes. Um, because the VA didn't pay for the class. Um, and so I went to the school certified official and I asked her, instead of getting mad at her, like all of my other veteran, you know, coworkers and, and, uh, fellow students were, I said, you know, ma'am, do you have enough help? It seems like things are really behind and, you know, I have time in between classes. Maybe I can work the veteran information counter and help. And she goes, I am so behind because no. I'm so overwhelmed. And I said, well, what can I do? And she's like, we'll pay you. We have work-study programs. So she's like, you can work the information desk in between your classes. I thought, okay, cool. And so I started learning some of the systems, the VA WAVE system, which is the computer system the VA uses to certify veterans who are going to school on their GI Bill benefits. I learned that system, and I started helping her certify veterans who were going to class. And then we eliminated the pay problems at the college. And then we had veterans getting into classes quicker. And things started getting better. And then I went to work for the Washington Department of Veteran Affairs at the same college as a Vet Corps navigator. And as a Vet Corps navigator, my job was to help those coming off active duty that wanted to use their benefits and help streamline that process for them. And so I did that for about two years and really loved it. But by then, my transfer degree was done. It was, mm-hmm. it was time. So I took about a year off and signed up for another year with AmeriCorps signed up for AmeriCorps as a VISTA. And VISTA means volunteer in service to America. And my job with the VISTA program is I went to work at Multnomah County in Portland, and I worked with vulnerable veteran populations. And those were uh, veterans from communities of color, incarcerated veterans, military families that have children in school, veterans who have experienced intimate partner violence or domestic violence, um, uh, veterans from the LGBTQ plus community. We figured out that a lot of these vulnerable classes of veterans don't engage in their VA benefits at a rate of Mm -hmm. about 70% or so. And that same group were also living either right at or just below the poverty level. And so my job was to create bridges and really create innovative ways to help these folks connect with veteran service officers Mm -hmm. at Multnomah County and try to just make them aware of the different programs that exist. And not just VSOs. I mean, I had to have really good knowledge of all of the other programs that come with it too, whether it be SNAP benefits, whether it's, you know, WIC, whether it's, you know, um, SSVF, which is supportive services for veterans and families. It's a type of housing program. Mm -hmm. And so working with all of those veterans, uh, I, I knew that that was what I needed to be doing. I mean, clear, Mm -hmm. clear as, clear as could be, I knew that's what I needed to be doing. So I did that one full year and decided, okay, it's time to go back to school. I kind of know what I need to do now. Um, it's time to finish. So I decided that I wanted to be a social worker I wanted to get a bachelor's degree in social work and be a VSO. And while all this was going on, uh, I had gotten, I'm not even sure how it kind of happened, but I ended up over at Merrillhurst university in West Lynn, Oregon. And Merrillhurst was a really old university. We didn't, you know, I didn't think much about it, but, um, I was there for about a year and it went out of business. <laughs> and so I told the VA, Oh my gosh, what do I do? And they're like, it's okay. We'll put it onto the back end of your contract. Where am I going to go? And they're like, we'll send you to Concordia university. So they sent me to Concordia university. Um, and they had an accredited social work program. I was there about nine months and they went out of business. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Are you the common denominator? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Apparently so. Because, because my VA, my my VA vocational counselor looked at me and he's like, no more private universities. Yeah. Pay. <laughs> like you goodness. are going to Portland State, young man, and so they sent me to Portland State where I finished where I finished out my mm-hmm. my social work degree, and this was all uh, you know. And I just finished it during the pandemic.
2: They have an amazing program. Uh, they do. For they social do. Work. Yeah,
1: their 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 program was really good, and so I got my bachelor's of Science in Social Work at Portland State. Um, now, while all this was going on, I was working full time as well. So I had kind of gone through this process with Multnomah County when the Vista Project ended they kept me on as a VA work-study and so I was just answering phones and helping the VSOs you know case manage their loads and things like that and then I went from there to a case management assistant which is just answering phones making appointments answering phones making appointments and then a veteran service officer position opened up and I applied for it it was a competitive application process and they hired me and that's where I got my training and initially kind of cut my teeth on being a VSO was in Multnomah County and uh, last summer, uh, last June, I had the opportunity to come out here to Clatsop County, and essentially kind of do a hard reset of the whole Veteran Services program and start from scratch. I
2: love it. Wow.
1: And it was uh, it was a really really wonderful opportunity. It's been very eye opening. I, I enjoy the community here so much.
2: And you've sort of incorporated all of those roles mm-hmm. into what you're doing now. I have. So what is it about a navigator position? Because I love navigator positions anywhere they are, anywhere, mm-hmm. right? Because you connect people with the resources that they need. Sure. So why do those holes exist? And then what did you learn, especially with the military? Um, because how frustrating is it? Or you know, or, or who do you lose or drop out or who drops um, when um, payments aren't made or when the classes cancel? Who doesn't follow up? Who are those folks that then... Don't do what you did, which right. was go and fix the problem.
1: Right. So a lot of times it just leads to the veteran or that family member just becoming frustrated and they leave. They, they don't complete their education or they become so exacerbated that, you know, mental health conditions might surface that they're that they're dealing with the things that they're battling with. Mm-hmm. Um, I see a, I saw a lot of times um, homelessness among student veterans is very prevalent. Um, so helping them make sure that they have solid, you know, solid foundations, So they have somewhere safe and, and great to live. Um, also trying to make sure that they can connect with all of the benefits, just not just the education piece, but connect with everything, um, to kind of wrap our arms around them and make mm-hmm. sure that they have everything that they need. And I say all the time, sometimes people ask, well, what exactly is a VSO? And my short answer to them, the reader's digest version is I'm a map and a flashlight.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, That way you don't have to try to wander around in the dark and try to figure out this VA thing. Mm-hmm. I can take you by the hand and I can shine the light which direction you may need to go and we can get through it together.
0: How important is it that you are a veteran mm-hmm. to this That's equation? I mean, is there a level of trust instantly when they
1: realize that maybe you've been through this as well? Yeah, certainly. I mean, I mean and, and I... I think there's something to be said for being a veteran and doing this work um, simply because there's that there's that shared commonality between between us. You know, I could if you were another veteran, I can look across the table at you and I don't have to say much and you don't have to say much to me. But with a nod and a look in our eye, we know that we've been through some of the same stuff together and it's okay. You don't have to explain yourself to me. You don't have to tell me why you're in a bad mood. You don't have to tell me why you were apprehensive about coming into this office. Mm-hmm. You don't have to tell me why you don't want to sit with your back to the door. You don't have to tell me, you know, uh, why you might be going through some marital troubles. Um, I get it. I get it. Hmm. And, and I think that that's important. Now, I will tell you, there's a little asterisk next to that. Um, and I will tell you that, uh, you know, I know many people that serve as VSOs that are not veterans. And they're very good. Mm-hmm. Okay, you you. I think it requires a lot of empathy. It requires, of course, knowledge of VA benefits and the willingness to learn more and figure out innovative ways to help the people that you serve.
2: Mm-hmm. So tell us about the age range of people here that you serve. Because um, I even know, you don't you have a is it monthly or weekly coffee or uh, yeah. breakfast? Yeah,
1: a monthly uh, community veterans breakfast on the first and third Thursday of every month at Camp Rilea at the Port Light Cafe from 8 to 10 a.m., we have a community veterans breakfast, and it's everybody across the board. You know, right now I serve. You know, there's I, there's not very many World War two veterans left. Mm. There's a couple that I've seen since I've been here in the last year. Few more Korean War era, but the majority of them are Vietnam era veterans, and oh. then our Desert Storm post 911 veterans.
2: Okay, interesting. So that whole age range, and do yeah, you see it's that? Yeah, enormous. Um. So uh, mostly men would be my assumption, but I'm sure that's not the only people that you serve either.
1: Uh, No, that's not the only folks that I serve. And I I actually, you know, Clatsop County has a heavy veteran concentration of veterans. There's a lot of veterans here. And I'd serve men, women, spouses, surviving spouses, military connected families. You know, the active duty component here for the United States Coast Guard, you know, we're a really unique county in that a lot of other areas in the state of Oregon don't serve the active duty. There's not as many active duty military installations as there are around here. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, I serve a lot of coast guard families as well.
2: So even though they're not veterans yet or maybe that, okay. Interesting. So what sort of service are they looking for or what?
1: So typically when they're about a year and a half out Mm -hmm. from, from retirement, I start helping them with the transition process. Okay. You know, because I think a lot of times folks forget, you know, it can take, at least for the army, army infantrymen, it takes 18 to 22 weeks. To be a qualified service member. Okay. Okay. They they send them through a three day TAPS class at the end of their enlistment, which is called Transition Assistance Program, and they expect them to go be a civilian.
0: Oh my goodness, that's amazing.
1: So <laughs> I try to work with them about a year and a half out, and we start talking about transitions.
2: Okay. Like, you
1: know, and I get it out to their leadership. Hey, I'm here because I'm the guy. I'm the guy that's going to be holding the bag when they when they leave. Sure. Not the active duty because right. they're done they're going to come to my office and I want to help them be prepared.
0: So we've only got about three minutes left, but I'm sure you've had just a ton of huge success stories and you've probably had more than you would like ones that you lost. Mm-hmm. Give us without name and names. Can sure. you talk about one of those huge successes that still like just warms your heart?
1: It does. It does. Um, so without, without giving names. So there was a gentleman that came in, he was a, a heavily decorated Vietnam chopper pilot and, uh, and he went on to serve in the Coast Guard here locally and, and worked, uh, worked here for the, uh, for the Port of Astoria as well. But he came in one day and he said, you know, I'm having trouble with my hearing aids. I said, oh, okay. And then I said, did you get them from the VA? He said, yeah, I got them from the VA. And we start talking and, and I noticed that, you know, he was, he was ill and he had some stuff going on. And, uh, you know, long story short, after talking with him, talking with his spouse, getting a hold of all of his medical documents, um, took him from getting about 152 bucks a month, which is 10% service-connected disability, to $4,600 a month, and having his wife paid by the VA as his caregiver. Oh, wow. And that changed their life completely. Um, he ended up being able to pull concurrent retirement from both the VA and his time in the service, and they ended up, they're going to move up to Seattle and go be close to their kids oh, and just.
2: Another support, yeah, right? Yeah,
1: another support and just live out the rest of their days. And he came into the office and brought me um, this big box of his military uniform, his logbook from Vietnam, his helmet, his saber from the Marine Corps. And he goes, we're not going to take all this with us, but maybe you want to do something with it. And so I put it out into this lovely display case in the lobby of the student services building there at the college and everybody really enjoys it a lot. But, oh. uh, it's one of my favorite things. That about is amazing.
0: This job. And, and it, it wasn't where I was expecting you'd go. Yeah. I, I thought there'd be somebody like you got them out of a homeless shelter and into a home. I kind of love that, that that is as a huge thing going from that, that is like you said, life changing yeah. and it has made the rest of their lives incredibly better so that, that, yeah, and that. probably
2: healthier too, right? Yeah, I mean overall physical yeah. and mental health.
0: Absolutely. So, what a, I feel like we should have had an hour here. I know. Um, so, how do people get in contact you if you yes. if they've never sure. tried to use any of the services, but they're mm-hmm. listening now and they're like, "Gosh, maybe this guy could help me."
1: So, I try to make myself as accessible as possible to the people of Clatsop County. On Tuesdays, I hold open walk-in services, no appointment needed, the American Legion in Seaside, from nine until noon. On Fridays at the Community College, from nine until noon as well.
2: That's great. And then email, email or phone. Or do email, you want just to email? email. Uh,
1: yeah, email Clatsup V S O at Ccaservices.org. Phone number's nine seven one three zero eight one zero four five.
2: And that's through one of our local favorite nonprofits, Clatsup Community Action. Well, that's right. Yeah.
0: Excellent. Well, you are inspiring and seem like you have found your life passion and that you are the right guy in that job. So Wouldn't trade it for a second. Thank am, you. Thank you happy. for your
2: continued service.
0: Thank you, ma'am. All right, let's go make some history, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you for joining us for An Adventure in History. An Adventure in History is created and produced by the Clatsop County Historical Society and brought to you by KMUN.